and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and sometimes even recommendations for whatever we read this week. And Amy, what did we read this week? We read The Scoundrel's Daughter by Anne Gracie, which is the newly released first novel in the Brides of Bel-Air Gardens series. Of which we can only assume there will be four if Anne Gracie is true to form. Right, so shall I do the spoiler-free recap? Can I do you try? Want to? Can I try? You can do it. You I feel it will can. be terrible. No, um, I believe because I tell things in chronological order. Like in chapter one, the following oh, incident God. happens. It's just too. Yeah, you're not great at a summary, but it's all right. Go I'll try. Lady Alice Charlton has been recently widowed, mm-hmm. but she's at a the year point ago where she can throw off her widow's weeds. Yes, and and importantly, has just finished paying off her late husband's debt. Her husband settled nothing on her. Yeah. He settled things on the son of his mistress yes. and his mistress, so he was not very faithful to her, and she is, I would say, not relieved at his passing, but he yeah. wasn't a very nice person to her. So she has a bit of... They were married of, for 18 years, though, so it's this whole big chapter of her life that she's quite happy to have behind her, even if it meant she had to spend a year diligently paying off his debt from zero to zero dollars, kind of, you know, as in like no income and it was a really big struggle. selling things in the house. Yeah, Because all she has is the house. And she's only survived because her grandmother on her, like so her maternal or paternal grandmother passed away and left her her townhouse in London. So she's not homeless, but she doesn't have any form of income. So the novel opens with she's like, yes, I've finally cleared his debts. Freedom. She finds she so gets a, she gets a meeting. Her butler comes in in like chapter one and is like, "Milady, there's a guy here to there, see you." There is a person. Yes, and I have sent him away several times, but he's come back saying things, and you should probably meet with him. And she goes out to meet with him, and he is a bit of a charlatan swindler. He's not a very nice person, and he's not definitely not a member of the ton, but clearly has quite a lot of money that he's flashing about the place, and he shows her a series of letters that he has purchased from her late husband's mistress. And uh, he wants Alice to bring out and sponsor and bring out his daughter into the aristocracy, into the ton on the marriage market and get her married to, what, like a baronet or higher? He said they have to be a lord. They yes. have to have a title. He wants That's them with a title. mandatory. And so he said, I want you to do that. And she said, why would I do that? There's no way I'm going to do that. Also, it's really expensive. Also, I've been out of society for a year. Also, also I'm not a good liar and they're going to immediately see through. Yeah. How do like, I explain this girl? She's like, it's a no from me. But then he produces the letters and her late husband, who was an a-hole, would write explicit letters about her to his mistress. And so the letters all talk, you know, her and her husband did not have a very nice like sexual relationship and it was kind of horrible. And so he writes all about that in the letters. Incredibly disparaging. To her, yeah. So the guy who's turned up threatens to publish them in a novel. If she doesn't see if she doesn't sponsor his daughter and make sure she is married to a lord so she has no choice but to agree yeah and he gives her a little bit of his flashy money to say you know go get her kitted out yeah and then he she the daughter comes over the daughter's name is lucy and lucy is 
grumpy and rude and vulgarly dressed and Alice and her do not hit it off initially at yeah. all. Now you're going to need to speed up because I think much more, like getting too much more specific beyond that point gets a little spoilery. So you're going to have to be a bit more sweeping. Well, can I just say that the, the sort of narrative is that the, Lucy is Alice's goddaughter. That's yeah, how that's, they explain her yeah. presence. So then in terms of that's the ladies all set up, so they've got to kind of come to terms with the fact that Lucy doesn't enjoy her father at all and she doesn't want to be there. Lucy's father has a history of... Just dumping her with people. Dumping her with someone yeah. to try and make her be fancy and, yeah. and posh and then ripping her out of that context and uprooting yeah. her. So she's been to, like, 18 schools and yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. 18 different homes yeah. and, and doesn't so have a sense of belonging. She does. Have she does have a little bit of polish. She's learned some things in those places, so she is able to pass in, like you know, tonish society. The girls have kind of have kind of got to come to terms with the idea that Alice is only doing it because she's being blackmailed. Lucy doesn't want to be doing it at all and has zero interest in marrying a lord, and so they kind of have to create a bit of a friendship between the two of them. Alice always wanted to have children and never could. It was a really, it was a sticking point and something really harsh in her marriage with her late husband. So she kind of has a bit of a, there's a maternaliness and a loneliness to Alice mm. as well. So that's kind of their bag. On the other side of things, Alice's nephew, so her, her husband's, husband's her hus- brother's yes. son. Yeah. And they're all horrible. His whole family is horrible and treat her appallingly. But the son is delightful and really, really likes his aunt Alice, has a real soft spot for her. And he's come back from the Napoleonic Wars and he's like, he's been back a little while. He was a, you know, highly decorated officer in that context, but his mother treats him like a child. Yeah. He's an only child too. And he's got sisters. Does he have yeah, sisters? Oh, like they the never only... talk about the sisters. There's others. Oh, fair enough. He's the heir, though. Yeah. So, yeah, they treat him like a child. He wants to come back and be helpful and be a man, but there's kind of no direction for him. He is immediately suspicious of Lucy, and it's kind of obvious from, I think, very early on, not a spoiler, that he's the match. Oh, yes. I picked that up. Yeah. I'm the... The dim one when it comes to working things out. Only when it comes to that. And so, yeah, so he's kind of her person. And so he's very suspicious of her and protective of Aunt Alice. Yeah, that's a significant motivation of his is Mm, someone's taking advantage of Aunt Alice. Yeah. And he wants to kind of be the one person in the family who does right by her. Everyone else treats her appallingly. He has a colonel, like so. Some his superior officer in the war is uh, James, who was over there because he was a second son, and so that was he was out making his kind of fortune and stuff, and um, did a bunch of colonelling in the war. His brother has since died, and he now has inherited his family title. Yeah. So he has three small children, three little girls. So he's like, I have to obviously sell my commission, come home, and he's he's widowed. He is widowed. Widowed. His um. Um, wife died four years ago in childbirth with their youngest child. Yeah. And but she was back in England, so he's never even met the youngest little girl. So he kind of wrapped everything up once, particularly once his brother died, wrapped everything up and sold his commission and has come home 
intending to retake possession of his kids and manage the estates and try and kind of come to terms with this new life that's laid out before him. He randomly spies, like, sees Alice at a ball and falls in love with her. Because of her horrible experience being married to her first husband, Alice has sworn she will never, ever, ever remarry. She has zero interest in it. she thinks there's a problem with her. She does. That's partially Uh, why. But she, yes. She thinks she's, she's lacking. Yeah, but also she was miserable. And putting herself, that's something she does say a couple of times, is putting herself at the mercy of and in the power of a man, again, like the way she did with her husband, she would never be prepared to Mm. do that again. And that's kind of it. So he kind of falls head over heels for her and they have to kind of sort that out as well. And in the background is Lucy's dad who's threatening to sell these damning letters and because he kind hasn't of, married a lord, yes. Yes, and he's kind of in the wind. Like, they can't find him. He's He, I, yeah. he has no permanent or fixed address. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the gentlemen particularly are trying to find them. And poor old Gerald is also searching for some kind of direction beyond sitting around waiting for his quite young father to age and die so that he would inherit and have something to do. But he is not finding being a young kind of gadabout-town Gentlemen, he's not finding that satisfying after like leading men into battle and being a proper grown up <laughs> as a part of the Napoleonic Wars. His mother treats him like a schoolboy, which she does, but Aunt Alice doesn't exactly. Mm. So that's kind of it. I know I feel like that was super long too, but that's yeah. I was, I'm gonna say, you told me to speed up. I know, I'm so sorry. Would you recommend what is your overall take? I we haven't talked about this one, sometimes we've pre discussed, but this time we have not. So I'm interested to hear what you thought of. The Scoundrel's Daughter. I was very excited for a new Anne Gracie series oh, I to know. come out. I, I know. was like, oh my goodness, I there's know. a whole new one. And you kept giving me like, it's only three months till it comes out. I've pre-ordered. Yeah. Like they kept being. <laughs> and then I got I kept home getting from updates. work and was like, the money had been taken out of my account, said mm-hmm. Cobra. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can read it. And it only took me about, I think it was quite short. It took like two hours to read. Yes, it took me longer, obviously. But um, right. no, I thought it was quite short as I well. I was like, oh. Okay, I'm nearly done. Mm. Right. I enjoyed it. I don't think it was Anne Gracie's best. It wasn't mm. The Perfect Rake or some of <laughs> no, or or The Summer Bride or The no. Autumn Bride or some of those. Or even um, The Perfect Kiss. But I did enjoy it because I I did enjoy some of those characters. Yes. It was a bit like, silly at times, but I, so did, I did like the, you know, the hideous father and off he flies. Yeah. And I thought that. Alice was sweet. I liked spending time with Alice. There were bits that were like highly predictable and you of know course. it is the romance novel genre so saying cliched I think most things are cliched. Yeah, it's like it's like you ordering the, the spiciest Indian curry and then being like mm, it was a bit spicy. But like, you know what you're reading, yeah. But, like, you write down all the tropes on a piece of paper, put them in different jars, and you pull them out and you assemble them and that's your novel? Yes. Yeah. I would love to play that game with you one oh, day I, and be like, what novel is that? Let's do it in the Christmas that holidays. That sounds delightful. It had that sort of sense to it. I liked mm. the Colonel's character. Me too. What I enjoyed the most about it, though, because it was, you know, just in the scheme of the actual romance, was eh, that novel. It was a Regency romance novel. Yeah. But I enjoyed that it had two... Romances. Yeah, certainly. It was very much Alice's story. I thought it was Alice's but story the too. the double romance isn't a common 
thing that happens in the novels that we've read. Oh, and Gracie does it a bit with her first one, particularly one primary oh, and one yeah. that just kind of happens, yes. just kind of is. But this was one where, like, in the other ones, it's happening and we don't spend time with yeah. that alternate couple very yeah. much. Yeah. Whereas in this one, we do actually spend time. Not a lot, with but we do spend a little characters. bit. Yeah. And I enjoyed that because it was pleasant to engage with other people's stories. Yeah, so, I liked yeah. that too. I liked that part of it too. I did enjoy it. I don't think it was Anne Gracie's best. Would I probably mm. read it again? Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I'll, def- I'll read the next one. Yes, that's interesting. But yeah. What was interesting is if we cut back to The Perfect Kiss, no, that was the end one, The that Perfect Break or The Autumn Bride, you very much knew... Yeah, this perfect Who the picture. next yeah. person story would be. And the other week when we were talking about the Smythe Smythe trilogy, yeah. you could say, oh, I know, I want to find that person. Yes. And then the next novel would develop that character who's pre-existing story. I have no idea who I the next I don't know where this is going about. next. No. I think that maybe like Lady Alice's house is this like garden in the back of they it. They did. They have this beautiful garden that was all shared. I think it might be maybe the people in the houses around the garden. I would I don't thoroughly know. like that and to have it not focus on Lady Alice or any of them anymore. I felt her story, their stories were resolved. I don't I really need to know more about them. No, and I certainly don't want her forced back into the limelight or forced into any more stressful situations like no. she's done. The premise, the blurb said it was a society matchmaker and, I, and what was delivered didn't align to my expectations around that. Like Same. I actually sort of expected a more I thought she was going to be more into it. Yeah. society matron. Mm. I don't see Alice as someone who wants to be put back into that space That's again. exactly She right. only did it because she had to and she doesn't have a sort of like, you know, she doesn't enjoy those social situations. No, and she's not – she doesn't – have like she doesn't enjoy exploiting her connections and she doesn't have a lot of connections and it's yeah it, it just would stress her out and make her feel very responsible she's for like other a people's country happiness girl initially yeah, and she, she got is. thrust into this uncomfortable situation so yeah i'm not really sure where the other books are going to go yeah interesting hmm. your thoughts it's the first time listeners i have heard kimberly's <laughs> thoughts <laughs> So I would 100% agree with you it is not Anne Gracie's best work mm-hmm. I did care about Alice's happiness and I cared about the Colonel, James, whatever he is. Yeah, I, I cared about his cal- ca- happiness. I cared about Gerald and Lucy. And I like I liked that four. That little four, group of four were really nice and I liked it. I I think I found Alice's story quite confronting mm. in a way that when I first started reading it, so it is in the first chapter, so I wouldn't call it a spoiler. Well, there's like a prologue that's three pages long and yeah. then there's the first chapter. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you so, find out within like 15 pages. Yeah. So Alice, because she married this guy who was in love with his mistress and wanted to marry his mistress at the time and mm. was a bit of an a-hole, she was sort of this little country miss, married him. He had no interest in her and was not attracted to her and didn't want a bar of her but knew he had to get an heir so would just come into her bedroom fully clothed without preamble and have sex at her and then I like your choice of prepositions. Yeah. And then would walk would leave. And when she didn't have a baby, would like openly and publicly berate and like particular um, amongst family, and- belittle her and that kind of stuff. The idea that she laid awake every night in her bed for 18 years wondering if her husband was going to rape her tonight, and they never call it rape because 
legally at the time, it wasn't rape. It was a husband's right and her doing her wifely duties. Yeah, and that duties. concept of marital rape did not exist then. Absolutely not. And wifely so, duties. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So that made me really uncomfortable because mm. it wasn't – because in the first kind of premise, the first kind of start of the book, it wasn't being – dealt with because you're kind of it's you're being it's not first person but we're very much like with Alice we're inside her head we know her thoughts that kind of thing and the way she was reflecting on it and thinking about it was that you know clearly she just didn't enjoy sex and clearly that must be a problem with me yeah and clearly she's horrible because he all he ever did was put her down and he quite happily went and had sex with his mistress so clearly you know it wasn't him and all this kind of jazz i wasn't enjoying that because i didn't feel like it felt unsupportive of alice it felt like this really horrible thing had happened to her and i was almost out I was almost right. like because I, I noticed when I was watching your progress on the book, you were on like seven percent for a really long yeah. time, and that would be about the point in the book where you engage yeah. in that narrative. And I was like, I and now this guy's, you know, even from after, out outside the grave, he's still, you know, from from he's beyond this the grave, horrible shadow. Yeah, and that made me feel horrible for her. And and then I was like, oh god, if this is going to turn into like James forcing her or being like. No, I can show you. Like, it's, I just, you know how I hate those stories where even Regency ones where I know, I know that it's historically accurate, but I don't care because I don't want to know about it. I don't want to read about it. Mm. And I don't want it going out into the minds and hearts of young women today who don't know that it was context or history based. But I hate those stories where she has a problem that was created by a man mistreating her in a horrendous and deep way that she didn't even, she was so alone in that moment, then being fixed by another man being overbearing, but actually she liked it this time. That's, you know what I mean? I was so worried we were going, yeah, total face pull. I was worried we're going to that place. So I'm not trying to spoil it. All I'm going to say is it didn't go there. Well, I I, felt like we were going to ignore. And Gracie hasn't done that to us before though. No, I know. But it, but it, she also doesn't deal with, like, that was a really massive – marital rape is a massive issue mm. to try and deal with inside the context of a fairly lighthearted romance, Regency romance novel. The, they sort of go, like, he says, the way your husband treated you was not okay. And that this was is not my acceptable. Point. That's the but, sort of addressing of it. Absolutely. And he kind of works out – what had gone on and how bad it was and that kind of thing. So even though it's lighthearted, it is not the centerpiece of the novel at all. Well, maybe a little bit to an extent. Like her relationship with her husband and the damage that did to her. It's the obstacle between her Absolutely. So in that sense, it is the centerpiece. But I thought that the way – like, so I wouldn't say it was Anne Gracie's best work, but the way she dealt with that – I actually thought was really, really clever and Mm. respectful and even-handed and actually left me thinking that was actually quite – it was actually quite realistic, you know, as much as Regency romance novels ever are in terms of put them in the time, but in terms of the way we accept this sort of, you know, heightened version of Regency. As a contemporary reader engaging in a heightened version of Regency. Yes. I thought that it was done in a way that was subtle and really 
clever and really I found really satisfying and I oh, thought good. bravo to Anne Gracie to be honest I thought that's as soon as I read it I was like oh god please let's not I don't want this book to be ruined for me by like and my memory of Anne Gracie to be ruined by poor management of marital rape but it did she I thought she did a really good job of giving Alice back so much back of what had Alice. been taken from her. Yeah. And, and I was, that's why I don't know what the second novel is going to be That's my point. About. And that's also why I'm like... Alice is healed. I absolutely am not okay with Alice being embroiled in scandal or broken again. I'm not okay with it. I think we've she's been healed so beautifully. But the idea of the garden at the back of her house being the thing that links everybody and we get to just see sort of like through the window of Alice because the they'll definitely live at Alice's house. different... I would love that. Yeah. Like getting to see James's little girls playing in the trees and things like that. But it won't be. be The other thing that I was wondering, it was so going so off piste here. Sorry, listeners, but it's very exciting to get a new first novel by Anne Gracie in the series. And we do enjoy predicting what the next novels will be. Absolutely. The kids are too young. No, they're way too young. Unless she jumps forward to the Victorian era, which she hasn't ever done. And also, I don't want her to do because I don't super care about the kids. Like, that sounds horrible, but it's the same problem we have in the Bridgerton series. I don't don't care care about about Gregory or Hyacinth. They were babies. Like, you may as well. a bit better, but Gregory, I don't care about. But you may as well just start a new series with new characters I've never met. I would be more interested in that. Like, so I want to see, but I am interested to see little snippets or little peeks through the window of Alice and James's life and Lucy and Gerald's life. Like, I'm very interested to see that. As I said, I will read the second one. I will definitely read this. And I would recommend this. I did not expect you. To recommend it. Because when I was watching how long it was taking mm. you to get through that book, I was like, she's found a blocker. Mm. That was my blocker, but I pushed through yeah. because it's okay. Anne Gracie and I just tried we to have trust. faith in Anne Gracie. So you know how there are two types of romances in Regency novels? There's the very youthful Yes, I romance, was just thinking the same thing, the young then, and the mature. And then there's the mature romance. I do quite like I love the mature the romance romances. because yep. the thing that I enjoy is those types of barriers that, exist within the tropes more commonly amongst the young romance, like where we just go, just talk to each other, Yeah, exist less Yeah, in the mature romance because they're adults now yeah. and they can go and say, it's going to be really awkward, but I actually need to go and ask that person that question to yeah. understand my thinking. And they do that, which adds this sort of depth. It's grown up. And, it's, just, it's just, yeah, that's right. As depth. we've grown yeah. up, yeah. I think that. We appreciate that more and more. You enjoyed it a lot more than you expected at the opening. Because, and I rushed, I definitely rushed it because I was like... Amy's going to talk about it on the weekend. No, 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 no. <laughs> I couldn't settle in. I was so worried uh... that this is what it was going to be that I couldn't just settle in and enjoy it. So I do think that this will need a – I will definitely reread read this novel. You are a much deeper thinker. I'm so glad we had these <laughs> conversations because when I read, like, you, you go back and you think about my review and people will be like, oh, that was a bit pasty, Amy. <laughs> and then yours is really much more deep. But I just – I sit there and I go, oh, novel, three hours. I'm going to yeah. do this novel. And I just sit there and I read the novel and then I go, oh, a lot, like big, a lot of things happened. But I that's also that. the difference between your spoiler-free recap and mine. Is mine's like thematically, this is what it's about, and yours is like, well, here are the things first that happened. First, they went to the shops, and then she forgot her umbrella, so they had to go home. And I and think yeah. it's partially a curse of how quickly I read. It is, yes, for I sure. I read so fast yeah. that to do the deep thinking, I need to read it a couple of times. Mm. So. 
trash or treasure? Well, our criteria for treasure is reread, isn't it? Yes, I will definitely reread it, but I will it's, reread it look, because I read it initially so hesitantly. But it sounds like your verdict is actually erring more on the treasure side than the trash side. I approached it in the way that I read it falls into the trash side. Yeah. But I will reread it because I reread all Anne Gracie's except for the Jane novel in The Chance Sisters. I think I can't weigh in. I think I need to read it again because okay. I need to read it again because I feel like I read it with too much trepidation this first time. And so upon reread, I might be like, yep, enjoyed it. Never need to do that again. But I will not read it immediately. I'm going to wait until we are approaching the release of the second in the okay. series. Okay. Well, dear listeners, just about to call you all readers. So, dear reader listeners, which is true. Well, I assume you read if you listen to this podcast. Dear reader Otherwise, listeners. Otherwise, that's weird. I think that Kimberly's going to put it in the treasure box and I've got it in the. I think I'm probably going to put it in trash. You reckon? <laughs> I do. Well, the... I think once I've reread it once more, I won't need to reread it ever again. I'll reread it multiple times. Of course you will, but you have a lot more time to burn. And I will reread it. Each you'll reread I was about to say you will reread it. I'm like, time. oh, there's a, remember how I said I've yeah. got to start reading trashy novels again because there's a new Anne Gracie coming out. Yeah. Got to get myself in the zone. So, yes, all right. Well, we'll stand by to stand by. When the second one comes out, I we can define this as trash or treasure. So we'll do a review of that one. Yeah. All right. Of, well, I assume we will. Yeah. It's fun to do a book by book. Yeah, <gasps> because we can. Because the series doesn't exist. Okay. That's all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of Trash or Treasure. We will see slash hear you. No, you will... Yeah, will see us. Uh, see, hi. No, I just keep all- rolling. Keep rolling. I like the hot mess you made of that. That's all we have time for. You should Thank do you it. Thank you so much for listening. Kimberly's made a hot mess, but we... I've been fired. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> we'll be with you next time with more reviews, recaps, potentially recommendations of what we read that week. So until next time, happy reading. <laughs> And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.